What's up, Connect family? Say hey. My name is Pastor Derek, and I'm the lead pastor at Connect. Such a great honor to uh, have you all here in the tail end of the summer. Everybody enjoying their summer? Uh, Really looking forward to uh, the next season that we're going into at Connect. But uh, today is a special day uh, for you, uh, for me, for the kingdom of God. Uh, You may very rarely, maybe never witness a, a situation like this where you get to see a third generation preacher uh, come into the house of God and bring the word. Um, we are, it's going to be hard for us not to be a little bit proud this morning, but um, this is a son of this ministry. It's a son of this church. It's my son, uh, Devin Fry. Uh, Stacy and I are so proud of him. Uh, you know, what's happened and what's transpired in his life. He'll make you laugh. He'll make you cry. You will no longer wonder why. When you see... The, uh, the thing that Jesus has done in his life. And so uh, you're going to have some fun. He's a little different than me, which is cool. And uh, he's going to bring you a powerful word as he wraps up our service, our series today in the service. And so would you guys give my son a warm welcome as he comes to bring the word? Amen. Amen. Good morning, everybody. You guys can be seated. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Hey, listen, this is a dream come true for me. Uh, This has been three years in the making. I received the call of God in my life uh, three years ago in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. And uh, how many know uh, something other than Duck Dynasty, something good can come out of Baton Rouge? Come on. Come on. Come on. And uh, and so it's been three years in the making. It's been a long process, but it's been awesome. And uh, God is good. Amen. 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 Um, Last week, as mom was kind of walking out, uh, and she preached an awesome word last week. Did, didn't she give an awesome word? Uh, she preached an incredible word last week. I was walking out to my car, and as I get in my car, I'm about to turn on some music, and then all of a sudden this stress and this responsibility hit me. I'm like, next week, I'm going to have to feed the flock. It's, it's kind of crazy. And uh, this responsibility hit me immediately, and I did what really any man of God would do in that situation. Turned to my music and blasted Justin Bieber, and then I just all of a sudden, you know. I'm just kidding. It was Usher. But, um... <laughs> He's playing. Uh, it's, a, it's a great honor to be here. A little bit myself so we can get introduced and acquainted a little bit. Is, uh, I'm in love with Jesus. Anybody in love with Jesus in this place? Um, I am loud. I'm very animated. I can tend to be obnoxious in some stuff. But just know that I, uh, I am going to preach my guts out today. And uh, I'm going to give you the best I got. And I expect you guys to do the same back. So I'm pretty Pentecostal. I need some holler back, some preach it. It's all this kind of stuff. So we'll go on three, okay? We'll do some practicing. So I need an amen on three. One, two, three. Amen. I need, oh, if you guys sound like that all day, I'm going to preach my guts out. If uh, I need some, uh, that's good. One, two, three. You can say anything you want. You can give a little, uh, little wavy right here, right here, and raise your hands up. You can stand up. You can clap. You can do whatever. Preach it, white boy. I don't care. As long as you say something, I'm going to do good, all right? All right? Uh, so otherwise, uh, we're going to be here for three hours, and I'm preaching out of Leviticus all day, and you're going to lose your uh, reservation at Applebee's. So it is what it is, all right? A couple other things is I love basketball. I love sports. I'm a competitive uh, young man. Um, just because I got white skin and skinny jeans, I will make it rain on you today. I will cross you up. High school, they called me Captain Crossover, so I was like, whatever. I'm just kidding. That was just mom that did that, but <laughs> whatever, whatever. Judge me if you want. Um, I love my Jesus. You're going to hear a lot about him today. 
Uh, I'm going to uh, uh, preach up a storm. I'm a third generation preacher, as what my dad said earlier. Uh, you don't get to see that that often, and I'm not going to toot my own horn right now, but just know that um, what you see on the platform from Pops is what you get off stage. He's even better off stage. I'm going to honor him in a minute, but um, I'm going off my notes. I've got to stick to it. Uh, and then um, my grandfather, I don't know if he's in this service. Bams, wave at me if you're here. He's not in this service, but next service. Uh, he's first generation preacher. He established this incredible church, this foundation. And uh, it's incredible. He's established several other churches. He's got a ministry of thousands of people, influencing all the people in the world, pretty much. And uh, he's a first generation. My dad's second generation. He gives a fresh word every single week. It takes a lot to prepare a message. Anybody ever prepared a message before? It takes an incredible amount of work. And to do it every single week, wow, what a responsibility. And he does an excellent job. Um, and then I'm a third generation preacher. And so uh, in, in the Bible, uh, number three is symbolic for perfection. So... Coincidence? I don't know. I think not. So, <laughs> anyways, I'm just kidding. I got a lot to learn, but but it's gonna be good today. Uh, it'd be a travesty not to honor some of the people that I need to honor because I would not be here without them. So again, I, I want to honor my grandparents, uh, Bam Samims. Uh, I know you guys aren't here next, ser- but you'll be next service. But I love you guys. I would wouldn't be here without you. A couple people that are not here, Pastor Justin Daly in Florida. He's off playing a church in Winter Springs, Florida. My, my pastor is going off to plant his own church in Winter Springs, and he's going to do an incredible job. I love you, Pastor Justin, if you're going to listen to this audio podcast. And then um, a few other people, Jason Gosselin. You guys are going to hear Pastor uh, or, uh, Jason Gosselin next week, okay? I'm not sure if I'm supposed to let that out, but I just did, so whatever. <laughs> Judge me if you want. But he's coming next week, and it's going to be a powerful story because... Um, he has got an incredible testimony. He's going to be here next week. I wouldn't be, with, be here without Jason. He was my youth pastor, and uh, he's going to bring a fresh word next week. Anybody, any of the youth here from, from Jason Ministry? Yeah, we got some people. He does an incredible job, a lasting legacy. Um, and then a few others is Pastor Randy Bazette. You guys got to see him uh, a few weeks ago on video. He's like my father. He's a celebrity in the faith, and he texted me this morning. Thank you, Pastor Randy. Uh, your message was so encouraging. And then, um, and then I want to also honor Pastor John Madsen and Jared Gordon for being there in my life. And then the last two is I want to honor my mom and dad. And uh, don't you dare cry, mom. Don't you dare cry. I'm, I'm not going to cry right now. I'm a man. I'm a man. I got chest hair now. I'm a man, okay? Let's come on. Come on. But um, <laughs> that was a weird joke, huh? But I, I, I mean, you guys, you guys see him all the time, but um, Devin, relax. But, uh, but if there was one person I put through more stuff and, and junk with, it was my mom. And she just, just uh, she's awesome. And uh, I'm not going to cry right now, so I'm going to honor you. And I love you, Mom. Give it up for my mom. And then lastly, I want to honor my dad. Uh, you guys know you have the best pastor in the world? Uh, we have the best pastor in the world. And he lives to do two things. He lives to serve God, and he lives to serve people. And he's the best at it. Um, he prays for uh, your connection cards you put in the offering. What pastor does that? He prays for every single one specifically. It's just incredible. It, it, it's, it's unbelievable that he would go and do something like that. When he has all these responsibilities. A lot of people think preachers, all they do, or pastors, all they do is preach on a Sunday morning. If you knew what he had to do, oh my gosh, I want to slap people in the face when they say that. <laughs> Oh, it's just incredible that people would say something like that. But he is an incredible pastor. He's an incredible preacher, but he's a better dad. And you guys need to know that. He's a better dad. than uh, He used to come into my room as a boy 
um, and this was back in my high school days when, when I was not necessarily following the Lord at all. He used to come down, he used to kneel, kneel on his knees, he used to put his hand on my head, and he used to pray for me all the time. And it was very powerful for me because I'm a really light sleeper. Somebody walks in the room and I'm just like, bang, what's up? <laughs> you know, anybody a light sleeper in here? So when somebody walks into the room, you're just like, mm, hello, good morning. And uh, I used to be awake all the time. And he probably doesn't know this, but I used to just keep my eyes closed. And I would just love to listen to what my dad said about me. And uh, it was so powerful. I want to encourage you parents, if you guys do that, um, that will change your kid's life. And that really will. So um, my dad is an incredible man of God. He's a great pastor, a great preacher, but he's an even better father. Um, can we, uh, does anybody love their pastor again? Hey, can we all, hold up, hold up. I heard, a quote, I heard a quote that says, what you fail to honor will exit your life eventually. Nobody wants to be around people who don't praise them or aren't celebrated. Can we all stand to our feet? And can we honor the shepherd of the flock? And can we honor our pastor? Yeah. All right, you guys can be seated. You're wasting my preaching time. <laughs> wasting my pre- Hey, open your Bibles to Luke chapter 11. I'm excited to share the word. Who's excited today? I am excited to share the word of God today. Luke chapter 11. I will start in verse 1. Start verse 1. And it says this. One day Jesus was praying in a certain place. Now, Pastor Deej talked the first week. About this, he said, set a time and a place uh, for you to encounter God and experience God, um, because it's so important. I think about the story in the Bible of Elijah or Elisha, and he has these these, uh, these servants of his, and they're going off to build a home, a home and a house. And uh, these guys are building this house, and he's knocking down some trees and stuff. And this guy loses his axe head. He, uh, he he's cutting down this tree. All of a sudden, his axe head goes flying into the water. And so he asks, he goes to Elisha, Elisha, what, what happened? I mean, my axe is gone. I don't know what to do. Uh, this was borrowed. It wasn't mine originally. And it goes into the water and the prophet says, relax, relax. Where did you last leave it? Where did you lose it? Where did you have it last? And the reason it's so important to set a time and a place in prayer is because you need to get your edge back. And you need to go to God and you experience God. And where did you have your last encounter with God? Go back to that place and set a time and a place to go and pray. That's why it's so important that you got to go and set a time and a place. A place where you can daily encounter God. You can have and read your Bible all the time. It's, it's, it's so key and it's so important that you guys go off and do that. Verse 2. Uh, when he finished, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray. Everybody say, teach us, teach us. to pray. pray. Just as John taught his disciples. And he said to them, when you pray, say, Father, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Other translation says, your will be done. Or another uh, passage. Give us each day our daily bread and forgive us our sins. For we also forgive everyone who sins against us. And lead us not into temptation. Now, this one is a little bit different because this is a second account. Now, you need to get this. Uh, the disciples asked Jesus, teach us to pray. I'm going to bank on this for a minute. Teach us to pray, Jesus, because we see that you have something different. We see that you have a different uh, uh, results. You get results, and we don't. We want, we want to know how we're supposed to pray. We want to know how you pray, because clearly I'm not doing it correctly. Uh, I want to know how you pray, and this is why they asked this question. It was a great question to ask, because ultimately we all want to know how to pray and get results. Anybody in there want to get results? Okay, so we want, to, we want to get some results and teach us to pray, Jesus. So this is what they're asking. And Jesus says this, and he repeats this thing. He says, Father, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. 
Give us each day our daily bread. Forgive us our sins, for we forgive everyone who sins against us. And lead us not into temptation. Now, this is a different translation, and people are like, and the disciples are like, Jesus, you didn't say it correctly. It's thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us each day our daily bread, and forgive us not, and blah, 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 all this kind of stuff. And like, you didn't, you didn't say it correctly, Jesus. You're not even quoting your own quotes correctly. And so they're like, what's, what's going on here? And Jesus is not explaining the fact that you should say a repetitious kind of uh, persistent kind of act. He's actually saying it's the principle that matters. And I, this is one thing I have a bone to pick with, with some Christians is religion is, is, we are not in a religion. We are in a relationship. Can I get an amen? We are not in a religion. We are into a relationship. Um, this is a religious act that the disciples are going through. They're like, oh, you need to say it correctly, God. You've got to follow the steps. You've got to repeat. You've got to repeat. You've got to repeat. Jesus is saying, no, this is the principle, and this is what you need to understand. This is what you need to get. Is thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Oh, you didn't say that right, Jesus. It's really, the summary is this. Father, you are great. That's what God is saying. You are great, God. Anybody believe they have a great God? Yes. You are great. Your kingdom come. Give us to stay our daily bread. What he's saying here is, God, would you just give us what we need? I want to tell you today, God will give you what you need. He knows, he knows his kids, and he knows what you need. Give us each day our daily bread, and forgive us our sins, for we also forgive who sins against us. Um, God, help me to forgive, because I need forgiveness, and I need to forgive other people. And lead us not into temptation. Sometimes, God, I need some things, and I'm just asking that you go ahead and do it. Um, that's what Jesus is saying here. Just the principle that matters. It's not necessarily the repetitious, the repeated, all this kind of stuff. That's not what Jesus is saying here. He's saying, I just want you to get the principle, and I want you to speak to me from your heart. Proverbs talks about the heart being the wellspring of life. What comes out of your heart is what's going to come out of your mouth. Go out and speak with your heart to Jesus. He wants to talk to you. That's the reality. Is A lot of people have a ver- version of God and a vision of God of saying, like, oh, he's this God who doesn't like me, who hates me. Um, he, do- he doesn't give what I want sometimes. He's judging me, all this kind of stuff. No, God just wants to talk to you. God just wants to talk to you. Would you talk back and speak from your heart? And you can wrestle with God sometimes. You can talk to God about real things. God just wants to talk to you. And lead us not into temptation. In verse 5 it says this, and this is where I really want to bank on today. It says, Then he said to them, Suppose one of you has a friend. And he goes to him at midnight and says, Friend, let me three loaves of bread. Because a friend of mine on a journey has come to me, and I have nothing to set before him. Then the one on the inside answers, Don't bother me. I don't know why I always read this like a lady with an attitude. Don't bother me. Don't bother me. The door is already locked and my children are out of bed with me. I can't get up and give you anything. I tell you, though he will not get up and give him the bread, yet because of this, yet because of this man's boldness. Everybody say boldness. boldness. Now, I love this verse, and this is kind of where we get the big idea from today's text. I'm going to reveal that in a little bit. But it says, yet because of this man's boldness, he will get up. And give him as much as he needs. So I say to you, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives. He who seeks finds. And to him who knocks, the door will be opened to you. Today, I want to speak to you on conclusion of our series in tune. You guys like in tune? You get something out of it? I want want to conclude the series today and, uh, and talk about why God seems silent when we need him most. I believe one thing about your church that you should love your church about is our pastor is not a popularist. He's a pastor. And what he does, what that means is he doesn't, he doesn't say messages that bump, pump himself up and make him look good and start a ministry. He's a pastor because he starts a message off that will help you, not him. He helps you. And one thing we want to address today is why God seems silent when we need him to talk to us. And so I titled this message, When Heaven Seems Silent. Um, I believe that's in your notes. And then the subtitle is Don't You Dare. <laughs> 
I like that subtitle a lot. You're going to understand why, why in a little bit. But can we pray? Is that okay? Well, you don't really have a choice, so we're going to pray. So, <laughs> anyways, uh, Father God, we love you, Lord. Thank you for today. Um, I just want to publicly thank you um, for never giving up on your boy. Uh, I thank you, Jesus, for that. Uh, you choose the foolish things to shame the wise, and this is a testament today. Um, God, this is a miraculous day, and I ask, and I thank you, Lord, that, that um, this congregation isn't contingent upon my good preaching to receive a word from you. It's upon their expectancy of their hearts, God. I ask that we would have open hearts, expectant hearts, and in Isaiah 55, it says, um, my words will send out, and it'll accomplish exactly what it is that I desire. I desire peace to be restored today. I desire that their souls would be at rest again today, Father. I ask that hope would be restored, and that they would receive inspiration and motivation. That's what I receive. Ask that more so than anything else they would receive. And, uh, and God, I thank you again that today you're going to move. We don't believe in just a message. We believe in a move of God. And anybody agree with the move of God today? We ask that a move of God would happen and, uh, and something great would occur, Lord. We love you, God. And we also ask that the Boston Celtics would receive banner number 18 this year. And everybody say it! Amen. 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 All right, so check it out. I want to ask you guys a question. Um, has anybody in here sent out a message, maybe a text message, Facebook, uh, Twitter, whatever it is? You send out a message, and you get no response back. Has anybody ever done that before? Has anybody been the person who hasn't responded back? Be honest, be honest. Okay, all you sinners, you need prayer. I'm just kidding. God forgives you. Repent of your sins. Anyways, um, so I, I, I think of this story in high school. I had a crush on this girl, okay? Now, I know you see me up here, um, but I was a little bit of a player in high school, okay? And don't judge me. I was a little bit, and I liked, some, I liked this girl. And so I finally got her number. It took a long time. I finally got her number. He's saying, you guys are saying, why are you talking about a girl in high school? I'm going somewhere with this, okay? So I, get, I send this text message out, okay? I have a text message prepared, and all we play is do, all these smooth guys, what we do, we always start out with the same thing. We go, what's up, baby girl? That's what you do. What's up, baby? I don't know why. I realize I'm white later. It's what it is. Okay, so what's up, baby girl? And then I go, um, I saw you today in school. You're beautiful. You're pretty. You're nice. Your smile is gorgeous. I saw your A pluses. You smart girl. Okay. And so then I'm like, what you doing later? Holla at me. Period. Smiley face, smiley face, wink face, tongue face. Smiley face. Okay, for real. One second, though. Is Guys, we all know we send more emojis than girls do. Come on now. We, that's, that's the reality of the situation. And so also, for the husbands in here, I would say, holla at your girl and be like, what's up, baby girl, and see what happens, okay? <laughs> Two things will happen. Either one, one, um, you'll have great success. I'll just leave it at that. Or two, <laughs> you'll get slapped in the face. Either one. It should be a subtitle that says, results may vary, but whatever. <laughs> whatever, whatever, whatever. So you send out this text message, right? Bang, go, go text me. Make, make, her, make her feel special. Make her love me. Bruce, don't mind anybody. Make her love me. Love me. Love me. You send out the message. And now it's time for the waiting game. You get paranoid. You're like, okay, I got to wait. And then all of a sudden you feel this vibration in your phone, right? Bang. Nobody vibrated. Okay, my phone didn't even ring. Now I got to go watch. Now I got to watch my TV show now still. Vampire Diaries, whatever. Uh, just kidding. Uh, not really, but... Uh, you, te- you put out your phone again. You're like, oh, my gosh, it vibrated. No, nobody called. Dang it. Pull out your phone again. It finally vibrates. And you're like, yes, mom. Oh, oh. I'm just kidding. I love when my mom texts me. It is what it is. Um, but you get to te- oh, mom, not now, mom. Devin, can you do the trash? Oh, fine, okay. 
and put it in. And then you get no response back. How frustrating is that? You send out a message on Facebook. I, I thought of an, another situation. I have a lot of situations. I'm getting ministered right now, too. Come on. I feel good getting this off my chest. So I send a Facebook message out, okay? Send a Facebook message out. I have all this, uh, this emotion towards this other girl. Um, and I'm like, I say the same thing. What's up, baby girl? All this kind of blah, 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 blah. I send this message. And then on Facebook, it has this awesome app. It actually has two meanings. It's either awesome or it's demonic. And I'll tell you why in a second. You send out the message. And then at the bottom, once somebody sees it, it says what? Scene check. Scene check. Now, this indicates somebody has seen your message, but they have not responded back yet. Now, some people, like me, okay, I can tend to be overdramatic and stuff. When I see that somebody has seen my message and they don't respond back, I go, what the heck is wrong with you? <laughs> oh, I, get, I freak out. I'm like, what is going on? Send the message out, bang, they don't respond back, and I'm like, what is happening. I get enraged, all this kind of stuff. And I want to say today, some people have that same exact feeling towards God. As they send out a message, they send out a prayer request, they send something out, we're saying, God, I need a miracle. And then you know, I know you've seen it. I know you heard it. I know that you have seen this message. And yet you're not responding back. Where are you, God? I have a problem. I have a disease. I have something that I just got diagnosed with. My boy's acting up. My finances are in problem. And my, my, my marriage, my relationships are having issues. And you're saying, God, where are you? And I believe a lot of people in here have felt that same way. Maybe, maybe have a bone to pick with God. Maybe have some kind of issue that says, God, you are not responding back to me when I need you most. And I believe this is why a lot of people quit church. I believe this is why a lot of people quit God. I believe this is why a lot of people have quit their faith and, and their faith in Jesus. And, and the Bible addresses this. And I want to tell you today, the Bible addresses things that people don't even realize. This is why you need to read your Bible every single day. I heard a quote that says, a man with his Bible falling apart is usually because he is not. Now that's good. You can say amen to that. A man with his Bible falling apart is usually from a man who is not. I think I screwed that up one time. You get the point. But... Um, but you need to read your Bible, because in Luke 11, it addresses this exact thing. And I'm going to go to my notes finally, so I, uh, I don't screw this thing up. But um, Luke chapter 11, verse 5 is where we're going to pick up, okay? And it says this. Um, go down real quick. Then he said to them, suppose one of you has a friend. And he goes to him at midnight and says, friend, let me three loaves of bread, because a friend of mine on the journey has come to me, and I have nothing to set before him. I want to tell you today. Um, this man, we, we identify this man as someone who has a limited amount of resources, somebody who doesn't have much. I have nothing to set before him is what he's saying. And I want to speak to that real quick is God can fulfill what's on your heart with what's already been in your hand. God can fulfill what's on your heart with, already, with something that's already been in your hand. He has given you the abilities. He has given you the gifts. He has given you the talents to fulfill what's on your, what's your dream, what's your heart. And I want to tell you today that uh, I, think, I think of the parable, the parable of the talents where this man gives these three men one talent, two talents, five talents. Everybody relate with the story? Know the story? They, they receive this, and they receive these talents. Now, their job is to do what they have and what, what's been given in their hand. And they're supposed to multiply it. And, and then the owner comes back and says, I'm proud of you. Good job. I'll give you more. You're faithful with a little. I will give you more. And that's what God's saying in this thing, is if you have just a little bit in your hand, you have a limited amount of resources, be faithful with a little. Because God will eventually give you more. Be faithful what you got because God's going to give you more. Be faithful what you got and God's going to give you more. God can fulfill what's on your heart with what's already in your hand. Um, now, now, I want to kind of relate this culturally. 
is this is a scenario. A friend comes to you at midnight knocking and asking you for food because he has a rude friend knocking on his door. Anybody have a friend who knocks on his door at 12 o'clock at midnight? Anybody have that? Wow, that's a good friend. Or a bad one. I don't know. Um, meanwhile, the disciples are kind of like, Master, aren't we, aren't we talking about prayer? What does this have to do with prayer? I don't really understand. Jesus continues in verse 7. He says, Then the one inside answers, Don't bother me, which is understandable. The door is locked, and you don't want necessarily to have uh, be woken up. The children are in bed with me. I can't get up and give you anything. Now, this is kind of a cultural comparison. Is uh, these This family is in this room, okay? Family is in this room, and they're all tight and compact, and, and uh, one another, um, one around each other. And I, I think of the story with uh, with me and my family in New York City. This is what it kind of relates to: is they're all so tight and compact together. The whole family is really in one room, almost in one bed or two beds, depending on how big it is. And I think of New York. We went to New York. We stayed in the Marriott Hotel. Um, we had dinner that night before we stayed. New York City was awesome. It was fun, until this particular thing happened was uh, we ate dinner. I had some nice burgers, kind of greasy, but it's whatever. And um, I start to eat all my stuff, and then we go to bed. We all finally fall asleep after we go and have some fun that night. I'm sleeping this way, so my face my face is going this way. Madison's face is this way. We're almost kind of like Eskimo kissing, that whole nose thing, so it's kind of awkward to begin with because I'm a brother and she's my sister. Awkward. And <laughs> Aki, hashtag Ak. Um, <laughs> Twitter. I don't know. Twitter jokes. Um, so I wake up abruptly. I know how I said earlier I'm a, I'm a light sleeper, but I woke up real fast. And then what happened next was something that was uh, really, hopefully she doesn't still have a grudge against me, but I just go, blue chunks. I'm sorry if you're queasy. I apologize. But you need to know the cultural understanding of this. This guy, uh, I, I, I do it all over Madison's face. It was disgusting. It was nasty. I think she still has problems with me today because we still fight every once in a while. But whatever. I'm sorry, Madison. Forgive me. Um, I have the mic. You don't. You can't say anything. Okay. So, so I, I, that happens, right? And so this is kind of a similar situation. Somebody's knocking on the door at midnight and saying, open up. I need some bread. And this man, this dad, is like, you're going to wake up my whole family. My whole family's here. Now, if there's one person in my family you do not want to wake up at at a wrong time, uh, I'm not going to mention their names, but uh, all hell breaks loose if somebody if wakes up when they're not supposed to. I told you I'm not going to mention names, but it's Mallory. So she, uh, <laughs> you don't want to make wake her up in the middle of the night. And this is what's happening in this story. It's now, um, uh, this, is, this is what's going on. If I get up and wake up everyone, just go away. Come back tomorrow morning is what the guy is saying. But in verse 8 it says, I tell you, though he will not get up and give him the bread, because he is his friend, and get this, because he is his friend, yet because of this man's boldness, you can, you can write persistence in there if you want to, he will get up and give him as much as he needs. So what's going on here? Who's in this parable? Is this, am I the man knocking, and is God the grouchy old man here? Is that what you're saying? Well, the reality is this is a story Jesus is telling. And he's not telling, and, and this is what the comparison is, is I am the man who's knocking on the door. And God's not the old grouchy man. This is a principle. This is not a personality trait of God. Okay, you need to understand this is this is a principle God's trying to teach us. If you knock and bother and knock on God's door all the time, God will give you what you want. Okay, and this is the principle he's saying. I'm not a grouchy old man. I'm not a grouchy old guy that doesn't want to wake up his kids. I'm a man who loves you, who died for you, who wants everything for you, who protects you, who provides for you. That's what this is saying in this context. It is not a principle. It is simply a personality trait. 
Um, it is a, it is a, it's not God's personality. It's not what you're describing here. It is a principle that God's trying to speak to you. Are you understanding that? You get, are you tracking, as Dad says? you tracking? I always want to say that. It sounds so official. <laughs> so uh, think about it. The moral is kind of clear. You want something from God, keep banging on the door. And it goes on. Uh, this, this story illustrates that eventually he will get up and do something for you. The, the moral of this story is, is this, is, is you want to keep persisting in prayer. You want to keep pursuing in prayer. He won't do it simply because of great affection for you. He will do it simply because you're bothering him to death. This is what the story is saying. Basically, that's basically saying people need to persist in prayer so much that you're bothering somebody, and, 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 and he's going to give you what you want. And there's a story in Luke chapter 18. We'll go there in a second. You can open your Bibles there. But i got a couple of illustrations for you. Anybody seen the movie? Uh, or I'm not condoning this, so please don't think that. Anybody seen the show Family Guy? Are you really going to use a Family Guy illustration in church? Yes. Okay. Um, there's a commercial on Family Guy where this little boy named Stewie, he's got a football head. He's not Hey Arnold, but he's still got a football head. And he's this little ingenious little baby guy who, who goes into his mother's room right by her bedside and goes, Mom, Mom, and you're, Mommy, Ma, Mom, Mommy, Ma, Mom, 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 Ma, Mommy, Ma, Mom. What, Stewie? Hi, and he runs off. Okay, that's what, that's what it is. Mom, he's just persisting. Basically saying, I'm not leaving your feet, I'm not leaving your bedside until, and you, you go with me, you feel where this, this illustration is going. I'm not leaving your bedside until you give me what I want. I'm not leaving until you respond back to me. And I believe the Lord is saying today, you got to sit right by his bedside. you got to sit right by his feet, pray so hard, and say, I'm not leaving your bedside until I hear your voice, because I need God's voice in my life. <laughs> Similarly, I have another story that um, uh, back when we lived right out here in Pleasant Street, my, uh, my mom used to yell out, kids, dad's home, dad's home. And then all of a sudden, this is kind of like this hallway right here. Dad opens this door. All these naked babies start flying around. I don't know. I don't know why we were all naked, but whatever. Judge me if you want. I was a young kid, too. I'm not like old and weird. That'd be weird, okay? Really weird. So dad opens, opens right here. He's like, he's got me coming, okay? I'm running after him. I stiff arm Mally Morgan Madison. I'm like, get out of my way. It's my dad. I want him. And then dad's coming right here, and I start running, ja, 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 ja. And then right as soon as I'm about to hug my dad, he moves out of the way. <laughs> and you know what happens next is the door's right here. <laughs> Bang my head right on the door, and I'm like, oh, my gosh. Now, thank God 18 years later, nothing has happened to me. But um, uh, thank God 18 years later, nothing's happened to me. But uh, I'm such a doofus sometimes. I can't believe I do what I do. Okay, but this is what happened next is my dad starts to run down the hallway again, and he comes and he says, come and get me, come and get me. And what he's teaching me is this. He's teaching me not to give up. And when I hit my head on something, when I don't feel like heaven is talking back to me, he's teaching me, go and pursue. Go and persist. Now, he's not trying to ignore me. He's not trying to annoy me. He's not trying to avoid me. He's actually teaching me, come and pursue me. Pursue love. Pursue me. I want you to be with me. And he's teaching me a lot more things than even just that. Is when I fall, I get back up again. When I hit my head on the door, then I keep going again. And hopefully you don't hit your head on doors that often, but if if shoe fits, whatever. Um, You hit my head on the door. You keep pursuing me. Now, sometimes I I want you to get this because this is important. When heaven seems silent and when, when, when you're praying a prayer request to God, he seems silent, I want to tell you 
that God is not annoying. He's not ignored by you. He's not ignoring you. He's not trying to annoy you. He's teach, simply teaching you, come and pursue me. Come and come after me. Come and, uh, come and persist in prayer on me. Come bother me. I want you to bother me because your God loves you. Your Jesus loves you. And he died for you, and you need to know that he wants you to come and pursue him. It's the pursuit of love. It's the pursuit of love. I think about Luke chapter 18. Go, go there. I think I said that before. Luke chapter 18. I'm going to go through this quick because this demonic clock is going so fast. Oh, my gosh. Sun stands still. Jesus, Jesus, help me. How do you do it? I thought, I just got up here. Anyways, Luke chapter 18. Then Jesus told his disciples a parable to show them that they should always pray and not give up. There it is. Not give up. He said, in a certain town there was a judge who neither feared God nor cared about men. And this guy was a big sinner is basically what he's saying. He didn't love God, didn't love people, didn't love life, all this kind of stuff. And there was a widow in that town who kept coming to him with a plea. Grant me justice against my adversary. For some time he refused, but finally he said to himself, even though I don't fear God or care about men, yet because this widow keeps bothering me, keep bothering me, even though half the people got a problem, Eminem. I will see that she gets justice so that she won't eventually wear me out with her coming. She keeps bothering this man. How much more, now this judge gives her exactly what she wants, how much more will your God who died for you, who loves you, and who provides for you, and protects you, how much more will a good God give you a good gift? Now, if this judge is somebody who doesn't, who, and Jesus explained this, he doesn't care about people, doesn't care about God, but because this widow keeps bothering him, he's going to give her what she wants, how much more would a God who loves you, you need to get this, how much more would a God who loves you give you an even better gift? Somebody say better. Somebody say greater. God is going to give you an even greater gift. This is yet, yet another example of the principle Jesus is trying to teach us about the power of persistence. And I know what some of you are thinking. Uh, you're thinking about all the times that maybe you asked God for something and uh, you didn't get it. You may say, Dad, your, your, your sermon is kind of cute. It's, it's funny. Your pastor's cute. Whatever. Uh, it's been fun, but the reality is I don't necessarily believe uh, what you kind of teach me right now. And I want to tell you, I've seen too many people who have never given up in prayer who have got this dream in their hearts to maybe, I think of pastors because they're my heroes and some of the people I study, uh, they persist in prayer too much for, for God not to move on their behalf. They've prayed too hard and too long for God not to persist and pursue. And I'm simply saying, I will not give up because I want that to happen to me. Do you want that to happen to you? I want that to happen to me. I'm going to keep pursuing, keep persisting in prayer because I want my, God, my life to matter. I want my life to make a difference. I want my life to, to have something occur to me that just simply can't explain that I didn't do it in my power, but God did it through me because I kept persisting in prayer. I want to tell you today, don't you dare give up on your prayers. Don't you dare give up and quit asking. Don't you dare stop seeking, asking, and knocking God because he's going to do something great in your life. I speak that over you. He's going to do something great in your life. Remember these four points. I need to get, I need to get through this, these notes real fast. As he's not irritated by your persistence. You can write these down. He's not irritated by your persistence. He is honored by your persistence. Sometimes he gives you exactly what you want. Every time he does something, as long as you don't quit. Every time he does something, as long as you don't quit. I wish I could bank off that for a minute. I want to tell you, you better be glad that God doesn't give you some of the stuff that you asked for because you have an emotional desire and a, and a desire to go and, and ask God for something. But the reality is he knows that that's not going to benefit you. But he's going to give you something later that is greater. That'll preach right there. 
I wish I could bank off that, but I don't have a whole lot of time. Now, listen, if you ask, you're going to get something. If you seek, you're going to find something. If you knock, a door is going to be open to you. I want to ask, um, I want to ask Pastor Deej if you can come up and, and play some keys for me. Because I kind of want everybody to wrap it down. Um, wrap it down, wind it up. Because I want to tell you a story in closing. But I also want to ask you a question. Kind of the seriousness of the moment. Put your notes down. And everybody just look up at me. Okay? Do you want to do that? You getting some out of this? Yes. Okay, good. Um, I want to ask you today, uh, what is it that's on your heart? I believe something's been speaking to you the whole time. That's the Holy Spirit talking to you. What have you given up on in prayer? What is that important thing that you've given up? Maybe it's a person. Maybe it's somebody you kept praying for and you're just like, he's just simply, simply not going to make it. He's never going to receive the Lord. He's never going to change. Maybe it's a resource. Maybe it's something that you need. Maybe it's a disease that you have that you're saying, God, I need, I need this. And maybe somebody's given up. Maybe it's hope. Maybe it's a parent with their kids. What is that thing that you're asking for? What is that thing you've been praying for that you said, I tell you today, and I will preach my guts out because you need to know, don't you dare give up. Don't you dare give up. And I, man, I just love my God, and I know what he saved me from. I want to tell you, don't you dare give up. Don't you dare give up. What is that thing that God's put on your heart? Don't you dare. Don't you dare. This is the big idea that you guys can write down. God is not annoyed yet by your persistence. He's moved by it. God is not annoyed by your persistence. He is actually moved by it. You need to know that your God will not give up on you. Don't you dare give up on him. You keep praying, you keep asking, you keep seeking, you keep knocking because God is not annoyed by your persistence. He loves the pursuit. When you have a crush and and you're going after her um, or him if you're a girl, then you go after him and you're like, you love that, you love that satisfaction. God loves that pursuit. He loves when you pursue after him. Keep pursuing. God is not annoyed by your persistence. He is moved by it. And I want to close. I'm going to get off on time. I want to close telling you a story. I'm going to read it because I can't, I never make through it. I never make it through, but I got to read this because it's powerful and I hope it can change your life. I got to set up a context. This is about a story of a mother, a persistent, prayerful mother um, who was praying for her boy. Uh, and these parents, uh, this married couple was both full of faith they loved God. They served their church. They were leaders in it. And this couple had a baby boy, and from a very young age, this boy was very special. He smiled all the time, loved his siblings, and was such a joy to be around. Now, the mother received a word from the Lord while her boy was eight years old that he would serve the Lord, he would influence and lead people to Jesus, and that he was called by God, and he would walk into it at an early age. So immediately she committed to praying for a boy for protection, for power, for influence. And this mother recognized that the most powerful position you can be in is on your hands and knees. She then began to notice this young man's actions began to change, not in a good way, though. From ages 8 to 18, something switched. He became angry, rebellious, disrespectful, arrogant, disobedient. The list goes on and on. The parents put this young man through a Christian education, dragged him to church every week, led Bible studies with him, prayed for him constantly. Now this mother wrote him love letters of faith speaking into him all the time. 
Still nothing was working. Not only did he hate being in church, but he used to steal from it. He stole from pharmacy stores and had the law get involved. Anger enraged this young man as a generational curse. He struck fear into his siblings. He was a walking time bomb. And he hated people, wanted to be alone, swallowed heartbreak all the time. This boy was lazy, ashamed of his faith, wanted nothing to do with the church or God. But most of all, this boy had a calloused heart. During all this mother... Uh, of this boy felt years of discouragement as she was holding on to a promise she thought she heard from the Lord. And uh, the very woman, man, the very woman who was praying persistently and boldly, I can't even see my notes, I'm crying, (laughs) and boldly over her son was getting verbally assaulted by him. She never gave up, though. She never stopped praying. She never stopped asking. Never stopped seeking and knocking on God's door. She had more faith in God doing a miracle, and she kept to her promise. And she understood the principle that sometimes you need to close your eyes to see. High school concluded after years of heartache and purposelessness. This boy had a decision to either go to a college or to an academy out of state. One thing led to another, and this young man chose to go to an academy out of state simply that so he could leave home, leave the miserable life that he lived. This mother, though, still never gave up on the promise she received, even though things didn't seem to add up. She never gave up. And this mother began to pray for things that he needed. Give him godly men to look up to, brothers to belong to. It sounded like a change. um, I'm sorry. uh, Brothers to belong to. It was two weeks into this academy. And this young man called home and began to sound like a changed man. Speaking of God, speaking with love. Calling his mother just to talk for hours. She began to see the fruit of the spirit she had always prayed for. Peace, love, joy, happiness. And she would keep feeding his soul with letters of faith that she sent him. Scripture to chew on. And would sign her letters, a world changer's mom. You know who that boy was? It was me. somebody today that don't you dare stop praying for that miracle because your miracle will come and hug you one day our God is a God who changes misfits into miracles I want to tell you that don't you dare quit praying don't you dare stop pursuing don't you dare stop persisting don't you dare stop asking seeking and knocking because our God is a God who is good our God is a God who brings miraculous things into existence greater things are in store for you Keep asking. Keep pursuing. Keep pursuing. Keep persisting. Because God can do anything. Do you believe that? One day, your God, you'll you'll be so amazed by what he's done in your life and you don't even know it. Keep persisting in prayer. And keep asking. Keep pursuing. Will you pray with me? If my eyes bowed, or you know what I'm saying? (laughs) I'm emotional. I can't think right now. (laughs) That would be a miracle. I'll tell you that. (laughs) 
<laughs> Lord Jesus, help me. Um, in all seriousness, so everybody's heads bowed and eyes closed. Know that this church, if you feel like you're alone, know that this church has been praying for you. I want to give you an opportunity, be travesty not to, to, to give you an opportunity to accept Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior. This is why we do it. This is why I'm vulnerable, so that people can receive salvation. If you've never done that before, I want to give you the opportunity to do so. Because when I received Jesus, I want to tell you a personal testament that my life was changed. I had joy in my heart. I had hope restored. Jesus never gave up on you. And I'll give you the opportunity on three. I want somebody to raise their hand. I believe, I believe you're here if you haven't received the Lord yet. To accept Jesus as your personal Lord. Say, but on three, when I say it, you raise your hand boldly and say, I want to accept that. One, Jesus died for you and he loves you. He will never give up on you and he will never stop pursuing you. Two, today is the day of salvation and may it be done in Jesus' name. Three, raise your hand if you want to receive salvation. right here. That's awesome. Uh, bow your heads with me. Repeat this prayer after me out loud, everybody. Jesus, thank you for dying for me. I repent of my sins. I ask you to come into my heart and make me brand new. Make me a new creation. I put you as the Lord and Savior of my life and I thank you for what you've done for me. In Jesus' name. Now let me pray for you real quick.